Hey, guys, how does it feel to know that Donald Trump is getting better reviews for his speech than you're getting for your podcast? Pay him. Pay that man his money. If I give you this money and you don't pay me back, there are no rules. Do you understand the gravity of your situation? I understand. Hello and welcome back to The Substandard. I'm Victor Manis along with Jonathan V. Last and Sunny Bunch. I'd like to remind you that The Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look at our podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that The Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. We just received a very kind review from listener Paul Thompson, who says... Quote, listening to the Substandard Podcast is now part of my Friday wind down. He goes on, uh, but ends with this note. Only half joking, the Substandard crew should float the idea of an informal Epcot 11 gathering. Now, why 11? Is that because 11 countries? Is that 11 the countries of 11 Epcot. Countries? You go down there, yes. you, drink, uh, you drink a drinky drink in every country at Epcot. This is a gift to us, this whole idea of our buddy Mike Fergoso, and I am so into it. When we finally have enough of a, a, enough of a community around this show... We're doing that as our first meetup. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can't wait for the world of motion. That's uh, what I'm looking instead of to. doing that, can we just have a meetup in Shirlington, which is basically like Epcot Center? It is, you've, got a, you've got a restaurant from every continent. Just like up in it, you've got a Japan, Mexican place, Thailand. A There's a Hawaiian restaurant now. It's really fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. Shirlington, Virginia, where dreams happen. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of uh, a, a bar crawl that we once did. Yes, in the last. In, 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 yes, in the Shirlington. Last bar crawl. And the complaint was that it's too small of a place because it's only two blocks. But of course, there's a bar right, right next to each other. So it was bam, bam, bam. No, bam, no. I yeah, think. no. The, but, the problem yeah. was there was no gap between. So uh, for. Uh, Readers, uh, uh, longtime listeners and readers yes. of the Weekly Standard, uh, several of us would go on these uh, basically benders. Not me. Yeah, <laughs> John, you wouldn't get past the no. first stop. It was pretty. It was. It was hard. But the problem with the problem with Shirlington is that there was no break in between drinks. It was just you would go yeah. place. Mm-hmm. You would go bar yeah. to bar, and yeah. Yeah. Yes. after about three hours of this, it was. Oof, I think uh, the only break bad. might have been Johnny Rockets, but <laughs> otherwise you're just going from place to place. Um, okay, uh, how are we doing this week, uh, JVL? How are you? How are you Great. Feeling? Great. Good. Sonny? I'm wonderful. Okay. Wonderful. We. Uh, hey, start- Vic. Did yes. You, did you mention last week's show? Did you mention Bill Paxton? <laughs> no. Amazingly, I did not. Wait, let me think about this. No. So I think the curse is broken. But yes, as JVL is hinting, we do start off our show on very sad news, as many of our listeners might already know. Over the weekend, we lost a substandard favorite actor, the great Bill Paxton, who died at the age of 61 uh, after suffering a stroke from uh, following complications of heart surgery. Uh, and uh, we were going to just talk about him and why he is a substandard favorite actor. Uh, JVL, did you have any initial thoughts? Well, he's one of these guys who's a, a an accidental actor almost, right? Doesn't he come up through the Roger Corman studio, right? Absolutely. What was he, like an art director? Set dresser. Or set dresser yeah. in the Corman world. And then had this really great screen presence, 
and he can do all sorts of stuff in a simple plan. He's really scary. Mm-hmm. He's really, really scary in a simple plan. In Edge of Tomorrow, he's funny in Apollo Christopher 13. Christopher McQuarrie's Edge of Tomorrow. Christopher McQuarrie's Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, it... it you know, all and boy, we can get to if we're going to rank the Bill Paxton roles. I don't want to spoil number one, but we all know what number one yeah, is. Right. Would be yeah, yeah. Get, right? Game okay. over. Game over. Uh, no, no, game over. No, it's True Lies. Oh well, that's on. That's in my. That, I think oh, I thought you were saying figurative. Yeah, I, I think you were saying figuratively. Game over. I didn't realize that he did a movie called Game Over. No, no, no. The, game from, over, from man. A, game over, man. <laughs> From Aliens. Have you seen yeah, Aliens? Of it's a movie yeah, directed by James Cameron. Uh, it was a you, sequel to Alien. In fact, uh, he steals, he has all the lines. He's a scene stealer. You know, speaking aliens. of Alien, we just lost John Hurt. Uh, now we lose Aliens. That's right. Uh, Bill, Bill Paxton. Paxton. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is that somebody please keep an eye on Charles Dance, who was in Alien 3. <laughs> and Tom Skerritt. It's, well, no, but that's, right. uh, I, I'm moving ahead. Oh, moving series. up. Oh, Charles S. Dutton. Charles S. Dutton. Somebody keep an eye on Rock. His best role is. The True Lies true car, lies. car salesman is pretty fantastic. I agree. I, uh, it's, it's <laughs> that is a movie full of great lines yep. and full of funny. And in all of that, he has the single funniest bit where he says of Jamie Lee Curtis, Oh my gosh, she has an ass like a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes almost no sense in any conceivable level, yep. and he sells it so well. Yep. I, I laugh uh, every time I see it. Well, you know, it, it, his, his, his kind of arc as an actor is very interesting, because he, he starts off as this kind of, like, almost goofy Goofy and a little bit, a yes. little bit scared. So like he's Chet in Weird Science, yeah, where he's playing Chet. the like love psychopathic military school brother. Yeah, I mean, even genuine. even even the scene in the the first early scene in Terminator, where he's the punk, you know, who's who's yeah. telling, who's trying to to threatens to stab the the Terminator and pays very dearly for it. Says, "Give me your clothes, uh, right?" That's a- uh, and um, also, and 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 you get you get a lot of that in Near Dark, the kind of er, the noirish vampire movie directed. Um, uh, by Catherine Bigelow, uh, where he's kind of a he's like this really scary, but also like kind of crazy and funny type of character, uh, and then he is he like kind of evolves into almost like an America's dad, but with some problems. So like uh, uh, frailty, which is by far and away his. I think greatest cinematic achievement, not necessarily his yeah. most memorable role, but his yeah. his finest performance, and also like he directed that movie. I mean, it's very, uh, it's 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 really great, and you should check it out if you have not seen it. Um, uh, and also, Big Love, where he's playing the head of the uh, the Mormon bigamist household in Utah, where he he's he's like. Again, just he's kind of dad, but with some issues. <laughs> no judgment. Just, a, just a, um, no judgment. It's just a lifestyle choice. It's fine. I mean, it's called living the dream, yeah. right? Is that what it's called, living the dream? Uh, uh, well, the funny thing about um, Bill Paxton is, yes, he, he was like a, that set dresser from uh, for Roger Corman, and of course, that's the whole James Cameron connection, right? Right. right? right. And, and James Cameron had done ridiculous Roger Corman movies, and then as a result, I mean, it worked out well because I th- he does three movies with James Cameron. He does uh, Terminator, True Lies. And Titanic and Aliens. And aliens. Oh, yeah. True, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, and uh, as you were mentioning his early roles, I mean, you know, so he sort of plays that caricature of himself. And I sort of lump weird science and sort of like when Chet ends up going into the Marines, he becomes Hudson from Aliens. 
you know, yeah. <laughs> you were dog meat, pal, which is a great line. I mean, again, uh, uh, versus Paul Reiser. If you remember, Paul Reiser was the real villain of uh, of Aliens. Right. Because, again, the, the villain is corporate. Uh, Corporations. Corporate man. Earth, corporate America, whatever. And uh, um, But then, of course, then he, he moves on and, and he takes on serious roles as well. Um, you were talking about True Lies, definitely. I would say I can't think of a sleazier car salesman character. In a movie than that, I mean, he was fantastic. He says a lot of different the things. The greatest about, car salesman on film ever. Why the why the chicks dig the car, and he gets really graphic about that. But um, and then Tombstone, of course. Great, wider, right. younger brother yeah, Morgan. Yeah. Uh, and what I was going to say, I really liked him in Apollo thirteen as uh, Fredo, Fred Hayes. And you were talking about, you know, his line in True Lies. He has uh, another ridiculous line in Apollo 13. Remember, he he throws up once they get uh, uh, into space, and he's embarrassed by that. And the other guys are trying to downplay and say, hey, it happens to the best of us. And then they start eating, and they just assume that he doesn't want to eat because he's sick, which, in fact, he was. Um, And they say, oh, I didn't think you were hungry. And he says, are you kidding? I could eat the ass out of a rhinoceros. The look on Tom Hanks' face... Um, when he uh, says that in uh, Apollo 13 is priceless. So I really uh, enjoyed Bill Paxton. Uh, Sonny, do you have any other Bill Paxton thoughts? I see you there. With no, I, I, I just, I, you know, I was looking at my, my notes of top five Bill Paxton performances, and we've already named them all. So we're, <laughs> we, we're missing we're, one. Uh, what are we missing? I don't know. What, Predator 2? Oh, yeah, I left, we left it. Twister and uh, we but, mentioned briefly Titanic. I kind of put them in the same ranking. Like They're tied at the bottom. They just didn't do anything. And I understand. It was a lead role. It was a big deal for Twister. Technically a big role in in Titanic. He's great. I thought he was great in Twister. He's fine. You know what it is? He was great considering what he had to work with. I mean, the, what yeah, kind the of a movie this was? It, it was mo- a movie that wanted to show off great special effects, right. which that's it did an at awfully the time. fun movie. I'm sorry, Twister is a pretty fun movie. Twister's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good ride. It's it is okay. not Jurassic it's, Park, it was, but it's a good ride. I mean, it's got as, it's, it's, it's another one of go. these movies that has a lot of really great supporting performances in it. Philip it's got Seymour Carrie, Hoffman, Carrie Elwes, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Who directed? Twister was that? Oh, was it? Uh, what are the? Uh, was it like Roland Emmerich or? No, no, no. It was. Uh, uh, it wasn't John DeBont, was it? it yeah, was, maybe it was. Uh, I was going to say, maybe but it was it written is. by Michael Crichton, right? Wasn't he? Wow. No. No. Am okay. I wrong? Does, is, uh, is there any Michael Crichton? No, I'm sorry. John DeBont, written by Michael Crichton <laughs> and Anne Marie Martin. Did I? So I got them both then. Boom, boom. Ding, ding. Yeah. All right. Hey, so, uh, once again, everyone should just listen to Sonny when it comes to... Uh, did you guys ever do the Twister or... ride? I said, Universal John DeBond, Studio? thank no, you. No. I did. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it was pretty great, wasn't it? it? Was, yeah, because th- I think one of the things that happens is there's an unexpected... Uh, Transformer uh, blows behind you. Yeah, right? but yes, yeah. exactly. So that surprises you. Although I get kind of confused because um, I was pretty sure there was also a backdraft ride or a backdraft show. Uh, at Universal, the backdraft to what I think was where you just had to stand and watch. And they did a thing where they actually had the flame come out as a skinny little lick, and they do a little document. And then you feel, <laughs> and then you feel uh, all, all this heat, <laughs> like I'm feeling right now. But, uh, but anyway, uh, yes, so Twister was... The, here's Wait, the, my sister you, saw you, some stage show with firemen in Vegas, but I don't, I don't <laughs> think it was... The Thunder from Down Under. No, something, something like else. that. I, now, here's the, probably not backdraft. You know, uh, my son loved watching Twister, uh, which he's seen uh, when he was like six. And uh, I always told him, that, you know, the sad opening of the movie, you know, it's the flashback to Helen Hunt as a, as a, as a child, mm. and they go into that shelter, and then the father gets sucked away by the tornado. And I said, if only the mother had blocked the door with her body. If you remember, the mother was a... 
She was a she big was a big girl. woman. Yeah, she was a big girl. As Buffalo Bill says, "Sides of the lamb." Where is she? A great big. Okay. She's a great big fat person. <laughs> okay, are we ready to move on? Is that thank you, Bill Paxton, for the memories? Uh, I will always treasure his his turn in Aliens. Game over, man. Just okay, game over. Great. All right. Last week, uh, Sonny and I and uh, a few other uh, colleagues of ours at the Beacon decided to go on a fact-finding mission to MGM Grand at National Harbor. And uh, Sonny, I don't know if you wanted to just off the bat share your thoughts on what we discovered there. Sure. Uh, Well, as someone who enjoys a good trip to a casino... uh, I was pretty excited to go to the closest casino to the Washington, D.C. area and check it out. And I was kind of blown away by it because it's, I I guess, you know, I I don't know what I was expecting exactly. I was expecting a a slightly nicer uh, establishment, but the 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 tables were all so expensive it was ridiculous the tables were extreme so the can i can i ask what yeah. what day of the week what time were you there and what were the minimums it was a friday uh it afternoon. was a friday afternoon at like 2 2 in the afternoon something like that and the minimums for a table were $25, and every table was packed mm-hmm. every table was packed to the gills there were $100 craps tables packed to the gills I, that i could not believe on a friday uh, the poker room was one of the one of the bigger poker rooms I've seen actually, including trips out to Vegas. I mean, it was a big, big poker room, and it was packed and it was expensive. I mean, we're, we're talking about like I, I want to say it was like a there was a three five no limit game that they were they were trying to get seated for with a thousand dollar maximum buy in or something like that, which is outrageously expensive. I mean, it's just like I, I've never I've never. Hey, max would, or min? Max. Okay. Max. So you on a no limit table, you do a max buy-in, so somebody right. can't just throw down right. like ten thousand right. dollars. But the, but like a thousand dollar buy-in on the lowest level game is pretty high. is is a pretty is a pretty big ask. And it was totally full. It was just just uh, there were probably I don't I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to venture a guess as to how many tables there were, but everyone was full. Uh, so we. Uh, took a look at this. We kind of did a loop around and uh, uh, went to a bar. We went to the That's sports right. bar. Sports bar. So I, you know, it was. Can I get an estimate on the percentage of floor space devoted to slots? I'd say it's a, a decent amount. I don't know, maybe fifty percent. So at least 50%. I mean, that's, that's probably yeah. just standard 60, now, that's, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean it was, that's, here's what's interesting, JVL, is that uh, there are slots, there are reasonable slots, right? 25-cent slots. I mentioned this to my mother, and she said, what about the nickel slots? Were there any nickel slots? I said, don't know, or penny slots. But there were 25-cent slots, and there were dollar machines, and that's always encouraging. Okay, good. You know, common people can play this. You don't have to be a whale to go to MGM Grand. But they weren't that crowded, the machines, I, I no, thought, at the time. No, Number not at one. all. Number two, unlike other casinos where you have other casinos nearby, I didn't hear a lot of dings and pings, if that makes any sense. In other words, the the dinging and the pinging c- comes out of the machines will usually attract uh, other people to want to play the machines because they'll think to themselves, oh, hey, you know, somebody's winning big. Somebody just hit a jackpot, progressive or otherwise, or triple bars, triple sevens, whatever. I can, why can't that be me? I want to play a machine. This place must be hot. And then they end up not playing, but they, the fact is they go to play because they're hearing it. It's coming from somewhere. I didn't hear a lot of that walking through, which tells me that the machines at 
two o'clock on a Friday afternoon. We're not paying out. But they just must have been cold. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the yeah. machines. Yeah, that's, that's, how that's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. Cycles. Uh, Did you guys see the Wired article last week about uh, the Russians hacking the slot machines? Yes. Oh. So this. So this is for. Did I send this to you, Vic, right now? I didn't see this, but I So when Vladimir Putin made gambling illegal in Russia, a whole bunch of casinos had to very quickly sell all of their gaming equipment because they were basically put out of business and these are cash flow. Right. And a bunch of slot machines wound up on the black market and disappearing. And they were bought up by syndicates who took them apart went into the circuitry and found weaknesses in them. Mm. And there is now at least one, possibly more than one Russian syndicate out there who have figured out how to crack the slot machines. And so they send crews to wherever in the world these machines are in service. And, and, hit so, it. and they go and hit it. And oh, they're very brilliant. sophisticated about hitting it for not too much money at one time, moving on from one casino to another quickly. How, how does it work exactly? Can you explain to the listeners how the hacking of these machines works? Yes. So, so there is no true randomness except in nature. So in whenever you're doing something that has to do with gambling and, and math, what you have is sophisticated algorithms trying to simulate randomness, but, th but it's never actually randomness. And so the weakness comes in finding how, how the algorithm is cheating to get at randomness. And with some of these machines, I believe what they're doing is they were looking at uh, patterns for how they hit and then timing of when you press stop. And so you can get a machine to pay out more than it's had. And so they would literally have a camera in their lapel showing the machine that was connected by wireless back to somebody in Russia who is running their computer algorithm and saying, all right, now play that machine, now hit stop. Mm -hmm. And they were winding up making a pretty good look. I'm going to put all of this in show. This week's show notes is going to be pretty great because there's a whole literature of hacking gambling, which I find utterly fascinating, the best of which is another Wired piece from like five years ago about people who hacked scratch-off games. Because mm. again- Oh, yeah, that- Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, scratchers yeah, yeah, look random, That's but right. they're not. That's and like crazy. everything else, you're yeah. a whale. If you're playing scratchers, there are people out who do this for a living, who go to the convenience stores, leaf through the books, looking for the, 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 uh, the, the games that they know are going to pay off, mm -hmm. and buying them by the thousands. And so whatever's left for you to buy when you go to the 7-Eleven is-, is your chances of winning are actually much diluted, even from the ridiculous chances you're given. Go, uh, go. Growing up in uh, New Jersey, uh, JVL, did you take a lot of trips at all to Atlantic City before you were 21, or not until after, or at all? Every once in a while, uh -huh. and after I was 21, every once in a while. I, truth is, I've probably gambled in Vegas as much as I've gambled in wow. Atlantic yeah. City, which is not yeah. very much. Right. I'm not. I'm not a right. big gambler. Right. I've gambled more at sea. With you, yes. Than no, I, have any, I we, else. we're going to get to that in a second. Yeah. I love gambling. I really, which is why I try not to gamble a lot because I can imagine just you know just getting swept away by the action. Well, and you, the excitement, and, and you I, particularly love craps. I really oh, do. Yes. I really do. You love I, craps. I love working it's, it's with a very people. Social game. Yes. you're a very social person. Yeah, uh, other people, uh, as you know, uh, are not into. Uh, other people are you know slot machine uh, aficionados. No names, but you know they they prefer that just because they find it mind-numbing and they don't want to be bothered. 
and with blackjack, but especially with craps, you know, you're dealing with people, and it's all of us versus the house. It's much different, as you know, Sonny, with poker, right. uh, where everybody is against, yeah, yeah. against well, this everybody. Well, this is one of the reasons I play poker, yes. as opposed to... <laughs> because uh, you hate people. Because I hate people. And I want to see them suffer and lose, and I want their stuff. <laughs> Not and just the give house. Me their, give me the guy stuff. next to you, the old lady on the other I side. Actually, I actually like playing poker because you pay the house for a space. You're basically, the rake is just a, a something that you give the house to give you a safe space to play so you can take stuff from other people. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's how, So where do you play? When you play yep. poker, Sonny, do you go to play at casinos? I, uh, I, or do I, you do it online? So I don't, I don't really play as much. I play almost none at all anymore. When I was in college, I played online. I was it was like right at the beginning of the the poker boom, the Chris Moneymaker winning the World Series of Poker. You know, I was I played Poker Stars. I loved it. Um, all of which started by an article in Harper's. Really, believe it or not, yeah. yeah. Now, the entire uh, poker boom can be traced to again. I'll put it in show notes. Yeah, yeah. This fantastic article called uh, "Fortune Smile: Betting Big at the World Series yeah. of Poker," which is the first time anybody had ever heard of Chris Jesus Ferguson or right, right, those right. guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was there was also a really good book called I think. Positively Fifth Street or something like that. We can put that in show notes yeah. too. That's also about this kind of the rise of binions and the horseshoe and oh, the World yeah. Series of Poker. And uh, anyway, the, the so I, I played online a lot. And I played for very low stakes. I played like five dollar, ten dollar sit and goes, which are basically one table tournaments where the top three positions play out. If you come in third, you basically get your money back and a little more. If you come in second, you double your money. If you and the you know coming in first is the big win, you you take half the pot. Uh, and I was good enough at those to pay for the my first two trips to Vegas. So like for a hotel and flight and that was, sort of was thing. the movie Rounders based on um, you? I no, just, I just yeah, no but no, but see this is the, like uh, Rounders Rounders is another great yeah. like uh, yeah. but like again that's a very those are very high stakes games. I was I'm not I'm not, I'm neither good enough nor do I have a large enough bankroll to like go yeah. and sit yeah. down at yeah. Yeah. say a 1020 game and throw down $5,000. So know? here's a question for you. Yes. How did you have confidence when you sat at a table that you weren't the whale? Right, I mean, the, I the, 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 the idea is yeah. that you know, in any game, if you can't spot the sucker in the first five minutes, then you're the sucker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my sense has always been that in poker, everybody is always playing down a level as to where they should be, mm -hmm. all the professionals are. And so if you sit down with a group of people who you think should be your same skill level, yeah, yeah. you're almost certainly not. You're actually going to be like dwarfed by those people, and they're going to take all your money real fast. Well, once again, this is why I always played at, in the lowest stakes possible. So I'm I, again, on po when I was playing on PokerStars, I was playing uh, $5, $10 sit and goes, which, are like, which were at the time the lowest that you could do. That uh, I, don't, I don't think they had $1. Sit and go tables there, and then when I go out to Vegas, uh, I would play the two four limit hold'em game, which is a very it's frankly you can't really get yourself into too much trouble playing limit hold'em, uh, even against players who are much better than you because the betting is capped, it's structured, and you can, you can like in in the worst in a worst case scenario on a two four game you can lose something like uh i want to say you can lose maybe 50 or 60 bucks maybe 70 or 80 whatever but like the point is not not a ton of money on a single hand um as opposed to a no limit game you know a one three game will usually have a buy-in of 300 to 400 dollars. how did you do against johnny chan uh, I took him for everything. for everything. I bluffed him right. I was like, "How about Teddy KGB? Meet this four dollar bet, boom!" And he folded right in front wow, of me. It was crazy. Uh, but no. But again, this is this is. So I understand my Pay limitations. Pay that man his money. I I know my limitations. 
I've I've read enough literature to have a very basic understanding of skills and strategy, and I know exactly how good I am, which is not very, which means that uh, I very rarely lose a significant amount of money. I I almost I I in all of my in person sessions in Vegas. I think I've had one losing session, which I consider pretty good. But I mean, I've also only like won fifty, a hundred bucks, you know, two hundred bucks at a time. It's not. I'm not. I'm not playing enough big. I'm not playing big money. I'm not trying to, you know, pay my way through college. How much money did you guys win at the uh, MGM Grand this did weekend? Not play a single thing. Oh come on! No, we no, didn't. We didn't even minimum of twenty five. What are we gonna have? Eight chips? I mean, yeah, it was crazy. It was I mean, too crazy. I literally. I, I was insulted. I was offended. I literally I had. <laughs> Twenty dollars in my pocket. Yeah. I like. I didn't have enough money to buy I had, chips to play. Don't they one have hand. those little telephones where you uh, could call to get credit? To, <laughs> no, yeah. they don't have them. I, send down the ten thousand dollar marker, please. I brought. I, I was ready to play, and in fact, uh, oftentimes, even if it's a ten dollar minimum table, when you're doing well in craps, you you, you might start you know betting twenty five, you know a roll, and uh, you know obviously you get completely struck out. Uh, but it was really the principle that the minimum was twenty five. You know that just I I just hated that that was the case at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. when, And the reason for that is because there's no other casino nearby. Right. There's no competition. No, there's, there's there are no, no market forces. Very basic 101. My fondest poker memory, my fondest, my fondest gambling memory ever, mm. is being at the craps table with you, I think, in the middle of the Caribbean. Yes. And you possibly having had a cocktail or two in the middle of a hot streak turning to me and saying, this game is so easy. Oh, you know what? <laughs> they just give you money. money. No, you remember who was, I was actually uh, mimicking hey, our uh, good friend, editor chief Steve Hayes, because he was saying, this game is so easy. And he, do you remember? He this is the hard Dates. This is boy, he likes the I hard am not dates. even going to comment about that because that's just ridiculous. And then, and I would tell him that I said, Steve, don't you can't bet on hard eights or hard sixes because it never happens. And then all of a sudden, the roll comes out, hard eight, you know, and he won. But this was, I think, the first weekly standard cruise. So this goes back to 2005, and I went on a hot streak that one night. And you were there, JVL, and I was there, and Steve Hayes was there. Hayes would take forever to take the dice. That night, you and I back in our cabin, it was like indecent proposal. You win, but the, uh, the I, I came out richer for the experience. The, uh, the 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 thing was there was also a crazy guy on the cruise ship who was not in fact on uh, the part of the Weekly Standard cruise, but um, he was a guy who was on the cruise and he was drunk every night and he worked for NASCAR. I and remember him. His name I think was Fast blonde, Eddie. Curly hair. Blonde curly. People called him he Fast like, Eddie. He had like a blonde perm. And this is two thousand five, not nineteen seventy five. Very seventies look. He he, lo- he looked very seventy. And he's kind of a ruddy, ruddy complexion. And his nickname was Fast Eddie. And he, at some point, ends up on the other side of me at this table. And I might have gone rolling um, for about 20 minutes uh, until I crapped out. And uh, for those people who aren't familiar with the game, um, you want to keep on rolling and, you know, whatever the, the number is and say, oh. Don't the, try to teach crap. Yeah, just keep the going object the of the game is to hit a six or whatever. And just don't hit a seven. Uh, once you're rolling, and I probably did not hit a seven for about 20 minutes, and I kept on hitting sixes and eights, and I remember people throwing down lots of money because they, it's like people get a feeling, okay, he's going to hit it again, and he's going to hit it again, and by the end, uh, Fast Eddie was, uh, he flipped me like a green chip, which is like 25 bucks, and it was pointing at me like, you're the man, you know, and it's such a great feeling, and then uh, I think he went and that on. that was the happiest Vic has ever been. Ever. Happier than my wedding. It was, uh, it was, he won $3,000. 
uh, from that, you, from me, from that run, right. uh, three thousand bucks, and then uh, we went on another great run, JVL, several years later, and it was because I heard a bunch of the guys from the Standard had gone to play craps the night before, and I did not, and they did terrible. I think everybody was wiped out and crapped out within five minutes. We come back, and it was you and me, and I said, "Okay, I'll walk you through it, and we'll start playing." And then we, and then you, JVL, went on a roll. You were the one who was rolling, and you were on fire, and you were hitting hard numbers, like 10, 4. Those are hard numbers to hit. I'll never forget that night. And in fact, uh, later that night, I'm back in uh, my cabin with my wife, Kate, and she sees me smiling. She goes, oh, you're thinking about the lovely time we're having on the cruise? I said, no, I was just actually thinking of the craps game and how great it was. It was such a great run. Sorry. (laughs) That's true. I was smiling. It brought a smile to my face. But uh, anyway, I I I grew up, you know, going to Atlantic City a lot. My parents loved to play the slots, uh, and we would just hang out in the game room and have a great sort of buffet at the Golden Nugget mm-hmm. and Bally's. Uh, and then after that, you know, when I became old enough, you know, I sort of evolved. I started with slots. Um, and then moved on to video blackjack, then to blackjack. And I really tried to take that seriously about when to hit, not to hit 16s versus 12s and yeah. splitting and doubling down, the whole deal. Uh, but I still found that a very hard game uh, to win. Uh, it's, it's, it's a grind uh, just, to, just, to, just to break even, I think. Don't you think so, Sonny? Well, I mean, it's like any other table game. The odds are in the house's favor. I mean, this is, I, this is again, why I prefer to play poker to craps or to blackjack or mahjong or war or all these other games you know how about Keno? yeah i mean the, the, that the, the roulette for god's sake roulette i like the odds are it's literally a game that is designed to win money for the house and you can't in the long run beat it in the you long run you is can't, key. you can't in the long run beat it and that is just not the same with poker which is a game of skill to a certain extent i mean it's it's a game where you play against other people and bad beats happen people get lucky people get unlucky but if you are good at it and you and you are playing within your means and you're playing at a skill level that is appropriate for you um, and you're not playing against the ai bots that exist now that you know oh. there was this was a big story uh, last week or the week before that uh, finally there is a AI AI out there that can beat the world's best players in major competition, which means that anybody who plays online poker at this point is just a sucker. I'll forget about it. I mean, if you're anyway, uh, you know, I uh, uh, it's it's a it is a, 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 a not a sure loser as opposed to the other ones. Right. Right. Here's a free transition, Vic. So why shouldn't you bet the hard eight? Oh, oh! Well. Take us to the actual movies we're yeah, supposed to talk about. Speaking of Hard Eight, JVL, there are some great movies like Paul Thomas Anderson's Hard Eight, which he did before Boogie Nights, and uh, should have been maybe, named Sydney. Well, it was named originally Sydney. Named Sydney, he named right? it Sydney in the studio. Why it. don't we talk about some of our favorite films about gambling? Sure. Yeah, for the five people who are left after we <laughs> talked for a half <laughs> hour about gambling. Crabs. Sure, let's do that. I can talk about Crash Forever. Go ahead. JVL. No, don't throw it to me. Yeah, okay, okay, tell, okay, okay. You know, basically the greatest gambling movie ever made, Octopussy. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. That was one of the great star turns of VJ Armitage. What's VJ Armitage? The Indian tennis player. Right. Uh, you asked us to give a sort of uh, Sagarin ranking, did you not, about gambling movies? I, did, did you guys actually do that this time? I tried really I, hard. I, I have a top you. three. I have a top That's great. That's all I need. Top three. That's all I need. Five-ish. 
You want me to go first then, or please? No? Okay. Uh, at the bottom, I will. At the bottom, I'll say Ocean's Eleven. Um, which sends the message of, you know, hey, gambling is fun, but of course it's a heist movie and not actually about the art of gambling, right? Um, yeah, I mean, is that really even a gambling well, it's about movie? Casino. That's a casino it's movie. It's a casino movie, and that's why it's at the bottom. Is Casino a gambling movie? Well, that's the well, thing. Well, we're going to get to that. Yes. Okay. Um, so uh, Ocean's Eleven shows the fun side of sort of Vegas, but obviously Ocean's Eleven does not take place on a uh, riverboat in the Mississippi, and I've been there uh, in New Orleans and uh, in Iowa. And Missouri, uh, I, not, not that I have a gambling problem, and I go to all these places, no, like no. the president. Remember the stories about you and Peter Lowe? <laughs> My mentor, Peter Lowe, he just told me one day, we were at the Four Queens, which is a casino, <laughs> and he said- <laughs> The Four Queens dungeon and yes, salad bar. Yes, yes. And he, it's across from Fitzgerald's and Binion's. It's in the old part of Vegas. Mm. Um, and he just, I didn't know how to play craps, and he just said, just follow what I do. Do Did what he I yell do. at the- People there, or is that no, only we blackjack were doing well. That was a little bit of blackjack. And, Peter doesn't listen to this. And does sports, he? Uh, no, but his good friend Stephen Hagedorn does, and he reports back to Peter. Um, but I just followed, and suddenly it becomes clear uh, because otherwise it's very uh, intimidating to just if you don't know how to play, or you even reading. If yeah. you say, oh, I'm going to read about how to play, it's still inti- intimidating to walk up to a table and just like, when do I begin? Right, yeah. and this happened to you, JVL, where you tried and didn't. What happened? Through the through the money, my uh, chips back at me. The first time I tried right. to play craps, no, no. run away. Wait, what happened? What I I went up. I you know literally had read a book about this, trying to figure it out. I was in Vegas. I went to put my chips down on the table, and the the croup, croupier is that croupier, croupier? croupier at the croupier? Like, yeah. literally threw the chips back at me. <laughs> Because you had tried to like bet in the middle of a roll, or probably you I, I couldn't even tell you what it was. I, did. right. I didn't know you, enough to know what I did, did you, wrong. Did you did you just leave and not come back uh-huh. after that? Did you just uh-huh. walk out of the I'm casino? Sorry, what else are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, I run quick to the, the game room. Shame, ah! The shame is so strong. I went. And There's I had nothing a drink. else to be done. Uh, that's fair. No, I, that's exactly what I would have done. Right. I would have. I right. would never have played craps again. I almost wait for the next shuffle, like until a new person comes in and said, "Okay, I'm going to go in and play." Um, but we were uh, and talking about Ocean's Eleven and sort of the fun side of this is what Vegas is and everybody's having a great time. Um, I've seen the worst of the worst I've ever seen. It reminded me of uh, the worst gambling thing I've ever seen was going to Lady Luck, which is a casino on the Mississippi River. Uh, I think it's outside the Quad Cities in Iowa. Uh, our longtime listener friend Adam White will be able to confirm that. Um, but on the Lady Luck Casino, I was talking to the blackjack dealer, and he says, oh, yeah, it's a great crowd here, a lot of locals, which is, by the way, a terrible thing for riverboats. They're trying to attract people, uh, tourists, instead it's just taking people from the yeah. town yeah. with their social security checks. And he says, yeah, oh, this old lady over there, he says, God bless her. You know, she is very old, and she can't use her arms, but she loves playing the slot. So she sits there with a straw, poking the uh, hit button. God, that's the most depressing. I, that is literally the most depressing image. Gaming is an engine of economic no. prosperity <laughs> hey, for local gaming. community. Yeah, no, gaming, no. not gaming. It was. It's crazy. Uh, the uh, just one, if I yeah, can interrupt, please. just very briefly. The saddest thing I've ever seen was on. I don't think it was technically a riverboat casino because it. It was. We were at the Outer Banks. It was. At, I was at the Outer Banks for a friend's bachelor party, and we went to a boat that I think took us offshore. In order to do and, that, yeah. And we start gambling, and I start looking around, and it's all locals, and it reeks of cigarettes, and people are just, and they're trapped indoors, 
like in a boat in like a floating prison fortress and I just I had to leave I had to like go and sit out on the balcony because you can't leave you can't escape because you're on the boat so I just went and I sat on like the balcony of the boat I don't know the fresh air and I just like looked into the water and contemplated the decisions in my life that had led me to this point (laughs) fortunately well the rest of the trip was better but uh, all right Uh, another great gambling movie uh, I would say fourth on my list is The Sting but that's sort of the art of the long con. That's also poker with Robert Redford and I count Paul it. Newman and, and I Robert count it. Shaw. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Casino. Martin Scorsese's Casino, which is less about the game, but rather how gaming built this great city mm-hmm. in, in the desert. And I'll, I'll turn to you uh, for, for more on that. But uh, and then uh, I, I'll pay in second place. I'll put the cooler up there with William, William H. Macy, H. Macy and Alec Baldwin, who plays his mm-hmm. boss. And Alec Baldwin is. As he is in almost every role, he's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, coolers are supposedly not real, but if they were actually hiring coolers, I would suggest my wife. She is a genuine cooler at the gambling table. If she walks near you, it's, people start losing. Wait, coolers aren't real? That's what they say. What, Sonny, what about you dragon ladies? in here. What about what? What about dragon ladies? <laughs> you, know, you know when you go and you're, you got a hot streak at the blackjack table and they send in the... Uh, oh, the faced Asian, Asian female dealer. Oh, yeah, and they don't take like, it, they don't take like, any crap either. Oh man, I every time that happens to me, I just get up. I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. I know what you're here for. You're 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 the demon. Yeah. yeah. My 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 advice is this: whatever you have, uh, you know, old ladies, you know, at a craps table beware okay i've seen this i've seen people go okay well let's let, let's help grandma roll the dice people's lives are at stake here okay at this craft table and you're gonna bring and she could barely get out of her wheelchair and then she just chucks the thing and, if, and half the time it doesn't go towards the end of the table get out it's not going to be a good roll another situation was i was on a uh, another ship for uh, a friend's uh, wedding and i was uh, um at the casino, and we were doing okay. We were just doing okay. And uh, this other big fella's there, and he says, oh, let me get my wife to roll the dice, this tiny little girl, right? And she's, oh, no, no, no. She says, I don't want to do it. No, come on, do it. I don't want to do it. And he forces her, and she says, no, 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 and just chucks it. She gets it. She, like, rolls a two, you know, which everyone craps out. Rolls a three. And then she rolls, the dice fall out of the table, and then you have to get the same dice, bring it back, and then she, and then she craps. If you don't want to roll, get out. Okay. Bad juju. Bad juju. Don't force people to roll yeah. uh, if they don't want to. That's, yeah, that's it. Okay. And then last but not least, I'll put rounders up there because, and I love the cast, as Jonathan was saying, John Malkovich, way over the top John and fantastic. So, yeah. so fantastic. Movie. I love the sweatsuit. My favorite John Malkovich scene in that is when he says, I am still up 20 grand from this last time. I stick it in you. <laughs> He, he, oh, the camera so pans and he is thrusting his hips yes. at a television, which is airing a <laughs> soccer match. Wearing that red tracksuit. Tra- yeah. It's Teddy KGB is one of the greatest gambling characters ever yeah. in cinema. Well, so a man, over a, the top. A, it's so wonderful. A, a, a criminal in a hood, but also a man of honor. Pay the man his money. Pay the man his money. money. Uh, money. Yeah, so anyway, oh, rounders. It, it, yeah. are, we, are, we, are you done? Uh, fine, right? Yeah, uh, John Torturo is great as Kanish, Kanish, by the way. The grinder. He's got to grind and, it out. I love him. And also, just uh, what, what you learn from that movie is um, don't gamble with uh, police. 
Yes. Terrible. Fomka Jansen, also, if I could yeah. say. That was a movie that I realized that Fomka Jansen should have been a huge star. Yep. She's great. I don't know why. She's great in everything yeah. she does. Like, it's the weird. Bond girl thing was the worst thing she ever did. And she's oh, great no, in the top. X-Men movies. She's yeah. she's wonderful. I, I want more Fomka Jansen everywhere. Yeah. She's great. Agreed. Okay. Sonny, top three? Uh, top three. Casino Royale, which I think is actually like so. I thought about that. It, it, I, I would say is actually a gambling movie, and certainly in part Agreed. enough. Enough. It has it has the best non rounders poker scenes. Uh, uh, That's not true. That, Cincinnati Kid is the best non rounders mm, poker scenes. I don't know. Cincinnati Kid is fantastic. It has, a, but it, Casino Royale also has like the most absurd poker scenes, where it's like. Four of a kind losing to a straight flush or something, some something really absurd. I mean, it, it, like it's one of these things that just doesn't doesn't really happen that that often, uh, or at least often enough to happen in the dramatic manner in which it does in that film. Um, uh, the best poker scenes, I think, uh, would be my number two movie, which is Rounders, uh, and it really is it it is it is a movie that gets at the culture of dirtbag uh, gambling about as effectively as anything else I've ever seen. I mean, it like... Meaning these, the world of right, Edward Norton. Right, right. No, these... I mean, these these people are like... It's actually... It's not glamorous at all. It's kind of pathetic. It's like they're they're always looking for a hustle. They're always looking for a scam. Um, and they are uh, uh, vaguely miserable while doing it for the most part. Uh, and finally, Casino, which I do consider a gambling movie. Uh, the first 40 minutes or so of Casino where you're just kind of going through how the casino works, how it brings in the money, how you 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 watch it go to the back room where it's counted. It's beautiful. And, I mean it just it I, I could watch that scene once every month or so. I it, it's it's so it's so fantastic. And it also uh, uh, of course is by the greatest filmmaker of all time. <laughs> Martin, Martin Scorsese. Sonny, the money room scene is the most ridiculous thing in the olden days, you know, where you had people people pocketing things on the side, you know, everyone yeah. skimming the skim. I mean, it was, it, the way Vegas was run was ridiculous. Yeah. It was yeah. ridiculous. But uh, it, the, Casino is also one of my favorite uh, gambling movies because it is, uh, it, it like kind of gets at the etiquette. Like, the, my favorite thing about Casino are the gambling scenes where, like, the uh, the guy who's working for Pesci throws his boots on the table. And yeah. and De Niro's like you, you gotta get your get your mm-hmm. beat off yeah, the table, right, and right. we're it, 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 like it, all the things you don't do in a casino are very very ably uh, highlighted by Joe Pishy's terrible terrible behavior, That's throwing right. the cards at the dealer. You know, yeah, the, why don't you stick this up? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. And they replace that guy. By the way, the original blackjack dealer. Uh, he he. You know. Uh, not the original. I think he replaces a woman in that scene. The woman is feeling sort of threatened, and she's trying her best to deal with a very uh, cantankerous Joe Pesci. Um, and then she gets replaced by the other dealer. The guy who replaces her, he is also the same dealer from Rain Man. And oh, my, my understanding nice. is that he's an actual professional <laughs> uh, blackjack dealer. And he nice. looks the part. He looks the part. So, JVL. Yeah, so when it comes to gambling, I forget who was... That wrote this. Um, you, this is not my fault. I'm stealing from somebody else, and I would tell you who it was if I can remember it. You, your movie can't have any of the dramatic tension tied up in the result of the gambling, because that's the chance part, and we know it's not real chance because the screenwriter is just going to make the result be whatever the screenwriter needs to do for the story. So, so because of that, the cards are going to come out how they're going to come out, and we have to be invested as viewers in something else other than just the 
the thing of it. Um, and so I would the hustler and the color of money would we consider them sure. gambling? That movies? is yeah, a good question. Definitely, um, definitely really pool games, pool games, pool games which movies. is yeah. glamour and really interesting. This is not a gambling movie, but something that I really love, and we should push people to anyway. Ricky Jay and his fifty-two assistants, oh, the original so uh, show set, which is on YouTube. Yes, done by who? Who directed it uh, for us? The, Mamet. Yeah, David Mamet directed yeah. it. It's really great. Uh, and I would say my favorite gambling movie, Maverick. Oh, yeah, of the course. Mel Gibson, yeah. written yeah. by the great, great William Goldman, directed mm-hmm. by Richard Donner. It is Mel Gibson at his absolute most charming best. James Garner just kills it. Alfred Molina plays the heavy, yeah, which is hysterical right. in its own way. And it's just, it's, it has the exact right number of reversals, the exact right emphasis on gambling. Everything about that movie is perfectly charming. There is a great... Um, Danny Glover cameo too. Yes, I'm getting too old for this shit. As right. he's robbing That's the bank, great. right? That's great. Yeah, everything. Graham Greene. Yes. The, and, yeah. I did, yeah. So you don't like Maverick and Jodie Foster? I mean, it's fine. It's just a bit, mm, a little mainstream for my tastes. <laughs> frankly, says the guy whose favorite poker movie is Rounders, which Rounders. is only the favorite <laughs> poker movie of yeah. everybody in America. Well, that's, but that's because cool. that's because it's literally the best. I mean, it's there's no there's no other poker movie that is as good as that. Cincinnati Kid is not as good. Maverick is not as good. You're just I mean, look, it's not my fault that your taste is bad. Lock, stock and two smoking barrels. Uh, mm. Not as good. Oh, how about uh, you know what's a great scene? Don't don't uh, don't uh, attack me for saying I'm not saying the whole movie is honeymoon in Vegas with Nicolas Cage. Oh and yeah, it's funny. He scene. loses yeah. his shirt yeah. against yeah. James Caan. Yeah, yeah. And you know why I think it works because it'll it, it's it, it's the kind of movie where it actually makes sense for Nick Cage to be that kind of Nick Cage. Yeah, sort of wacky. Snatch is a better gambling movie than Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. It's a hustling movie, not a gambling movie. It's right? a movie about, on, yeah, it's a betting, movie about betting yeah, on boxing. I mean, it's, it's a movie have about. Have you guys seen the Mark Wahlberg remake of The Gambler? No, because I've no. never seen. I it, have not. But the John Goodman scenes that exist out there yeah. are so amazing. The trailer shirtless made it really, John really Goodman good. yeah. is mm-hmm. terrifying and awesome. So he's like shirtless erudite John Goodman, and I can't get enough of it. And I think yeah. it's on. There's Netflix or something yeah. like it's what this is like in my queue for treadwell watching movies. Goodman, uh, Goodman is an underrated uh, heavy. He is an yeah. under like I <laughs> oh, watch, yeah. watching the so trailers so for uh, Kong Skull Island. I keep thinking, oh man, yeah. that looks really good because he looks kind of scary and terrifying. Uh, and also in Ten Cloverfield Lane. Ten Cloverfield Lane, uh, of course, is like a pseudo sequel, a spiritual sequel, whatever, to the the surprise hit. Actually, it wasn't really a hit, but the surprise uh, uh, cult classic, maybe Cloverfield. Um, he is a just he's this guy who lives underground and he is convinced that the world has ended and he, he can't get the other people who are there with him to to believe this and he's terrifying the whole time just just scary and like prone to violence and I, it's really it's you i don't know i i'm now i'm rambling okay well on that note then we can move on to spirit of the week and we've got an interesting one that made everybody happy today. Everybody was happy with this week's Spirit of the Week. It's not really a spirit, per se. It's more like a fortified wine. It was a port. I brought in a port that I had opened about a week or two ago. And as uh, port drinkers know, once you open 
that cork, the clock is ticking, I would say, at best three, four weeks at most, I should say. So the port we're drinking today is a Fonseca Porto Bin number 27. It's your basic ruby port. Uh, it's a blend, not a vintage, uh, but sweet, delicious, ready to drink, no decanting necessary. Jonathan, you mentioned you had a 40-year-old uh, port. Did you decant or you just opened port? No, I opened port and it was the greatest thing I've ever Do you tasted. remember name? No. Okay. Sorry. All right. Let us know for next week. I'm really curious, actually. Um, corrections? Yep. Go for it, JVL. Sonny, you were perfect, obviously, uh, right? Obviously. Yeah, sure. Uh, what do you have? What do you have on me? No, I, I have two on me. The first is from listener Chris Anderson, who says that I am wrong about Laura Dern telling John Hammond people are dying. And in fact, she and Muldoon discovered the lawyer's body. And so she does know. Right. Uh, but Chris says there's one giant continuity error, and it actually comes in the T-Rex attack. And I'm not going to explain that. I'm just going to put it on show notes. So uh, you'll get Chris's The first T-Rex attack with the kids in the car. Yes. Wow. Uh, the other slight correction, you'll recall that I said that any movie that gets to this part of the uh, Oscar voting win, any musical gets, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, not true at all. Not, not true at all. Well, Examples? Well, we've had 11, uh, I'm sorry, 10 musicals winning Best Picture of the 39 which have been nominated oh. over the years. Oh, so really, wow. it's closer to one in four, not, <laughs> it's a, one in not four a one chance. in one. Right. Yeah. Very good. Um, for me, some clarifications and some enlightening things. Uh, listener S. Christopher Day asks, uh, in terms of outrages of best pictures and uh, and such, he mentions terms of endearment beating all the right stuff in 1983, and I think that's uh, all the right stuff, all the right oh, no, moves, all, all the right stuff. The which right, which of those three movies? Notes, all my, the right stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can we correct Sorry. this correction? Yeah, correct the correction, the right stuff. Yeah. And I thought about. It. I think I must have been thinking of Leah Thompson. That was uh, who I was thinking about. All the right moves. Thank you. Um, so it beat uh, the right stuff. Sorry about that. Uh, here, here's another interesting thing. Listeners, including uh, uh, Just Carl, Robert Little, and Ben K on Twitter, point out the strange coincidence of my mentioning the time travel movie Time After Time. And now there's an ABC show of the same name, same characters coming out uh, this month. Really, it's bizarre that this has happened. I, I do this. Like, I, it's happened. I don't like it. Again, you frankly. are a precog. I, I'm about to predict. Other Could things. you want yeah. to talk about Bashar al-Assad in this episode? Yeah, yeah, I wish. I'm sorry. I, Bring him up. I'm, I'm, right now, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, and finally, listener Sean Dunbar says Danny Nucci's Italian stereotype uh, in Titanic was not Fabio, but rather Fabrizio. Fabrizio, so but hey, I make a mistake. It's a nickname. Okay. I'll tell you something interesting about Sean Dunbar. I uh, I was having dinner with that guy the other night. Uh -huh. We were just having some pizza and flipped on a movie. You'll never guess what was on. <laughs> uh, something involving uh, gymnastics. Stick it. Did you just turn it on, or did you have to go looking it for it? It was right there. Did you have to go in ultra high def, searching. 4K, right there on Sean's 70-inch ultra high def 4K. It was an unbelievable coincidence. Mm. Did you uh, pull a Hogan's Heroes there, right then and there? <laughs> Bob Crane style with uh, what's his name? Carpenter, oh John hey, Carpenter. Right. Hey, John, you uh, mind okay, if I okay, just relax? Okay, okay, hey, sure, all right, go ahead, relax. All right, great movie. Guys, I'm not even watching the movie. Jesus Christ. Right. 
That's how it always starts. You mind it because, you know, we're both into the movie. What movie? Oh, sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, it was a clean episode until now. Uh, this is why we get four stars. This is why. Sorry. Um, okay. That's all the time we are going to give you for this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victory Nomadis at Sunny Bunch. Again, uh, make sure to send all of your complaints to at JV last. He loves to hear from <laughs> listeners and he is on Twitter literally 24 seven. So he to hear what you have to he say. gets notifications every time you tweeted him. Yes. So please, please tweet at JV last. His phone but, is uh, buzzing every minute. Go to show notes on Friday though. Cause the, just trust me. The, it's worth the price of admission for all these gambling pieces. Lots of great you. reads. Lots yeah, of great reads. Um, again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google play. Just type in substandard under the podcast. We're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. And again, don't forget show notes. Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Until next time. $25 minimum? Yes. In Maryland? In Maryland. In that in P- garbage yeah, state? In PG Packed. County. In PG County. Packed. $100? No, I'm just saying. It's a lot of money to just, you know, Care. suck from one county. And it, Full. It's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's a terrible thing. That's, $100 table. That's really... So, I, although maybe this is, so when's the last time you guys were in a casino prior to this? How many how many years has it been? It hasn't been that long. I I was in Reno just uh, in Thanksgiving. And what were or, the minimums there? Oh, they were ten dollar tables, everywhere. Oh, well, there it is. I remember playing at Casino Royale on the Strip. In oh Vegas. yeah! Oh, boy, that place. oh man, that is like that is the dirtiest casino on the strip. Twenty-five cent minimum for roulette. Yeah, that's hot. And so you could go to roulette yeah. feeling like you are a multimillionaire, yeah. throwing chips down everywhere. I think on the I table. threw twenty dollars down for a dollar hand blackjack and must have been there for three or four hours. I'm like, oh my god, push again! I love you Casino know? Royale. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I remember that uh, that's where I that's one of the casinos I hit up the first time I went to Vegas, and we loved. It so much we kept going back and to the point where we saw the same dealer three nights in a row and she started getting very anxious because like none of us understood tipping like we were we were all no, 21 no, nobody knows nobody we're, knows we're, yeah we're 21 we don't understand we don't understand that you're like you tip the and she and like on the third night finally she was like you know if you're not going to tip me could you at least leave a note in the comments box they're, they had like a literal like oh. questions, complaints, oh, uh, you know, yeah. uh, praise. Yeah. Yeah, fill wrong? out a, fill out a note card and leave it in yeah. this box. Yeah. So we we all dutifully, I swear to God, we all dutifully lined up at the card and we're just like, Daisy is the best. Give her a raise, <laughs> as opposed to actually giving her a tip. Well, we did give her a tip oh, finally because okay. we we were yeah. I, like, right. but I mean, we're playing at the five dollar table yeah. in Casino Royale. It's not like there were a lot of high rollers that's there the, throwing I, tips I th- down. I think that's high limit at Casino Royale. Yeah. That may be the the high. Was that in the special back room? Yeah, for yeah. the five dollar table. At yeah, Casino we, Royale? We, there were there was a uh, there was actually a woman going around giving massages uh, while we were playing. That's the high roller. Live like a king at Casino Royale. So, so my worst gambling experience took place. Not worst gambling, but the worst thing I've ever seen pertained to gambling. I was standing out. Outside Casino Royale in the corner. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And a couple employees carry this woman out of the casino and simply lie her down on the sidewalk there. She looks like she's about 25 years old and she proceeds to then throw up everywhere. Oh. I just lie like she was yeah. passed out yeah. already. They yeah. could, and I, 
thought to myself first, I was like, boy, that's cruel. Then I thought, wow, what the hell else are they supposed to do with right. her? Right, right. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, non-gambling related, uh, Jay Vale, did you get any strong reactions about uh, your talking about Oliver, the musical, being an outrage? Anybody on Twitter perhaps saying, hey, wait a minute, Oliver shouldn't have uh, won? Did you see anything? Oh, I thought a certain Jake Tapper was outraged, but was no, that no, a coincidence? No, no, Jake, Jake Tapper agrees uh, with us. Oh, okay. It must be a listener of the show, the great Jake Tapper, who I listens? love. You think he listens to the Substandard? Well, I think Jake he knows that I listen to his show constantly because oh, I'm yeah. such a huge fan. And I'm best. sure he returns the favor and listens to the Substandard. It'd be so great. I hope he tells everybody else that he listens did, and enjoys the Substandard. Did you guys see the live action Contra? <laughs> I saw it because you sent it to us. <laughs> but did you watch it? I watched it. Yeah, yeah. I watched explain it. what's happening here. So you guys remember, everybody out there who's above like a certain age remembers the Nintendo Entertainment System Contra game. With the Contra code, right? Le- left, right, left, right, B-A, B-A, start. Uh, well, somebody who has... So much time on his hands that even my layabout brother was horrified by this. Uh, made a live action Contra. Wow. And it's like him running through like actual the world, but mm-hmm. with C- CGI things super. I can't, I'll, again, Just I'll show note it. Show it's, it defies. If you were wondering if America has entered its late decadent stage where nothing but rot is inevitable from here on out, it's this might be the, the clincher for the argument. Are we sure that that was produced in America? I think so. I'm I'm not. Uh, anyway, uh, it was it was horrifying. You're right. You're right. Hmm. Any other thoughts, JVL? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. 